0: This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures! Uh, half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy!
1: <laughs> this episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Time Traveling Team. I'm Paddy. Each week, Paul and Dan do a fantastic job guiding us through the wide world of movies and TV shows. Meanwhile, my co-host Trisha and I are taking a trip through the time vortex and discussing the wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey world of Doctor Who. Starting back from the earliest adventure in 1963, we're discussing the stories, the Doctor, the companions and the villains of this iconic show. You can find us at Time Team on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now sit back, relax and enjoy as Paul and Dan do their thing, half-measure style.
0: Kia ora, and welcome back to the Half Missions Podcast. You're on episode 51 and once again I'm joined by my friend and co-host
1: Paul Kanawer. Paul, how are you doing? Kia ora Dan, I am good. I'm really good. It's been an emotional week, you know, after making it to 50 episodes. I feel there's been you know so much support for us in the community. I'm feeling good. How are you?
0: I'm really good. Of course, we're what do they used to call it, over the hill now that we're 50 episodes in. You know, we're heading towards retirement, heading towards maybe a little bit of golf, a bit of extra free
1: time. Yeah? I'm all no? about that. I love a bit of free time.
0: Yeah, no, definitely a bit of flow time. Uh, but, yeah, no, episode 51. So, you know what? We're, we're on the road to 100, which uh, it's, it's going to be big.
1: Why don't we mix things up point? this week, Dan? Why don't we mix things up and uh, – I'll ask you what you've been watching this week and, and you tell me what you've been watching. Let's let's throw that for a change.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, okay. You've really flipped the flipped the script on me. That's right. So I have been watching uh, a few movies and I've been getting deep into a TV show. But I'll run through the the movies I've been watching first. So uh, in light of all of the hype around the the stock market at the moment, and after watching the the Big Short last week, I thought I would better round out this package and watch the Wolf of Wall Street, which, you know, let's let's get on a bit now twenty thirteen as far as movies go, but you know, look, this is a, this is a classic Paul, and I love it more and more every time I see it I kind of pick up new things I feel like I'm a little bit more down with the stock market lingo now and just a a fantastic watch it's super long like it almost three hours long but if you haven't seen it definitely get amongst it it's 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 epic it's you know a classic Martin Scorsese
1: movie it's a great cast as well not only is it Scorsese but just you know DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, McConaughey, Rob Reiner, John Bernthal, who we talked about last week, John Favreau, Joanna Lumley, Margot Robbie. Uh, there's just there's just a whole heap of great it's um trending real high still. I wonder if that's gone up with all the news as well. Um, actually no, the popularity says it's gone down. <laughs>
0: Well, I think it, it, it peaked and then it, uh, it dropped away again. So it actually, I think it was on the in New Zealand. It might have been on the top ten on Netflix, oh. um, and it's probably dropped away a little bit since then. But so, it, you're right. Like star-studded cast, so many great one-liners, such a great re- rewatch. Like, this is probably the third time I've seen it, and it's still just as good as the first time. I think.
1: I think, and I know I talk about gifs a lot, Dan, or gifs. I don't know how they're supposed to pronounce. How would I know? Too old, but. You know what I mean when I say GIF. The DiCaprio angry GIF is probably the one I use above all else. It's the, it's the greatest because the anger in his eyes is so so intense, and it defines how I'm feeling when I discover that you know Netflix have taken Doctor Who off or, or whatever it is. The anger really hits me. It's that DiCaprio moment. It's a great moment. Uh, I haven't seen this in a long, long time. So 2013. I wonder if it was when it came out because I, I, I remember very little about it. But uh, yeah, looks like a. It looks like you can't really go wrong with Scorsese. Yeah. Hey,
0: no, it, even DiCaprio. Like, it's just such such mm. top quality. Um, what else have I been watching? So I've watched. A, I've actually watched an animated movie, and this was kind of on my radar uh, last year. And I saw it on Netflix, and I thought, you know what? I'll give this a go. This is Mortal Kombat Legends: Scorpion's Revenge.
1: What a title! <laughs> What a title!
0: What a around. title! What a title! Did you play Mortal Kombat uh, as a as a young fella, Paul?
1: Indeed, I did not. No, it's not not it's not my not my uh, my wheelhouse, as as we like to say.
0: Uh, I was I was all about it. I was all about that Mortal Kombat. It's been quite a few years since I've played some Mortal Kombat, but this uh, this movie is it's a pretty fun watch. It's Pretty violent, but basically it the stars uh, Scorpion as um, Hanzo Hasashi, and he loses his um, clan and his family uh, and his life during an attack by some a rival ninja clan, and is given a chance to compete in an interdimensional tournament to save his loved ones. And they bring in all of the the classic Mortal Kombat characters: Sonya Blade, um, Jax, Johnny Cage, Sub Zero, mm. Kano. It's if you are a Mortal Kombat fan, this is a lot of fun. It's on Netflix. It's it's definitely pretty violent, though, because it's basically about fighting. And if you've seen any of the or played any of the more modern uh, Mortal Kombat games on PlayStation or Xbox, there's lots of bones breaking, faces being ripped off, hearts exploding. And this movie really sort of embraces that whole sort of... Um, style and direction as well so it's look it's it's not normally in my sort of wheelhouse of movies that i'm i'm about watching either but it just kind of caught me in a moment where i was like you know what i'll go for some animation let's do it
1: this has all the warnings about the violence so i see what you mean uh this one being pretty full-on i can see if like if you're into these games i can see these things must be absolutely fantastic to watch i see steve blum is in there who plays zeb in rebels he's a a great voice actor um he's the only one i recognize from that but uh yeah i i i have to admit i've mainly played games that have been based on movies not the other way around and i have watched and love all of the resident evil movies and yet i've never played the game so go figure
0: Mm-hmm. and the other movie i have watched is this is a, a netflix movie uh it's only just come out on netflix and it's called the white tiger and so this is about an ambitious uh, indian driver <laughs> You're it, Paul. Uh, an ambitious indian driver who uses his wit and cunning to escape from poverty to rise to the top um and it's it's actually a, a movie that's based on a, a new york Times bestseller and it's, again, a movie that I only came across it because it was, um, I guess, promoted as a, a trailer on, on Netflix when I logged in, and, look, it, it kind of looked interesting. I've spent a little bit of time in India, and this movie brought back all the all the Indian memories for me. And it, it's a really – I found it a really great story, to be honest. It's basically about this guy who, who comes from sort of – you know, pretty extreme poverty uh, works his way up to become a, a driver for this um, rich family. Gets kind of caught up in a, a few of their dodgy dealings and goes on to sort of create his own driving empire. And it's just sort of a, it's a great story about a, an underdog. It's a great kind of look into India and I guess the class system and how that works. And it's a, look, it's a it's a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. It's it's sort of probably more in the the drama category. I would say more than anything, but it's a right. it's a recommend from me.
1: I really like the sound of it. Um, just listening to you and then the reading up the plot and just flicking through a couple of reviews. I really like the look of this. Um, my facial expression when you first mentioned it was all I heard was Tiger, and I thought, here we go. It's uh, another one of those. What was it called? The thing you loved, the the Tiger King. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be one of those, but. Very much different, very much different indeed. No, this is this looks good. I, I would watch this, um, and on Netflix I see so great.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, look, it's a it's just something a little bit different, eh? And it's a it's got quite a, a fun soundtrack as well. So again, I think if you have been to India as well, it's really good at sort of I guess like making you kind of feel the um, the extremes of, of India and the the culture and the society and the in the people. So it's a good one. Then, Paul, I have gone, you know, I, I talked about it last week, but I am in so deep on Yellowstone. You know, you know my love for Cobra Kai. Move over. Because Yellowstone is here. Wow. I I absolutely love this program. And I'm just about finished season two. There's nine episodes in season one and another uh, 10 in season two. So thank God we had a a long weekend uh, here in New Zealand. Uh, But it's just such a great watch. And it reminds me of kind of a – it's got a little bit of Breaking Bad, a little bit of Sons of Anarchy, a little bit of Justified, and it kind of brings a little bit of succession, and it brings it all together in this great kind of Western uh, drama, action-packed adventure I don't know whether I'm just on the hype train, but so many, like if a, if a tragedy can strike in the show, it will strike. And just Kevin Costner is fantastic. The wider cast fan, is fantastic. Basically what I want, Paul, is I want the borders to be open. I want to go to Montana and I want to go to Yellowstone park and I want to wear a cowboy hat and I want to have a, you know, a great, uh, big cowboy belt buckle. And <laughs> it, uh, that, that's how, that's how deep I am in the show. And, I'm already uh, almost like a little bit in a, a glass half full situation. A little bit sad that I've only got one more season to go. So I know that there's a fourth season coming out sometime this year. But I've just, I have really embraced this whole family and everything they're about. And, and I'm not ready to say goodbye. And, you know, Samara's already said to me, Oh, I wish I was watching that with you. And I'm already like, as soon as I finish, let's go again
1: this this, on their horse. this is a great hype train or hype horse if you like um because you, you really are selling it to me because i can see which of course listeners can't the emotion on your face as you talk about the passion the excitement i think people can probably hear it too and i think you'll probably be talking about this when we get to the news desk as well because there's there's more yellowstone coming isn't there so um i i love this genre i said last week oh yeah, i could definitely give this a go and then being old and forgetful when i got out i didn't actually remember to do anything about it but i I love I love Costner. I love the genre. Uh, I've seen the trailer because it plays here on Neon in New Zealand, and I've seen the little trailer. And why am I not in amongst this when you're talking so highly about it? I feel like I feel like of all the things you've said to me, I feel like this one might be the one which I might actually dive into first um, because you have said, and I quote, move over Cobra Cry. Guy. <laughs> That's the thing I never thought I'd hear you say.
0: Yeah, this is. I don't know what it is for, and and I don't. I, I I guess I feel like I don't hear enough people talking about it. And I was talking about this at work the other day, and you know, no no one sort of in the in the ten people I was talking with had ever heard of this TV show. And it's probably a little bit bigger in America, but this is this is honestly it's top tier. And I I want more people knowing about it. I want people watching it. I want people talking about it. I want people using the gifs. I want the Um, wolf of wall street level of uh, gif usage for yellowstone
1: the gif ability i I think you're absolutely right i think this has i talked about this last week with motherless brooklyn just things that fly under the radar and this feels like one of those shows at least in new zealand for me where until you started talking about it i don't think i not only not heard about it but i hadn't seen anything and it's just how do these people get stuff in front of people like you and me I don't know about you but I don't really see much advertising these days cuz I you know I don't watch much terrestrial but I don't watch any terrestrial TV it's all streaming so how do people get adverts in front of me to you know beyond what I see on the streaming service itself it's uh it's uh yeah interesting
0: so yeah look another another hot recommendation I think if you're looking for something to binge this is definitely binge worthy I think the the first uh, episode of season one is, is it's almost two hours long and so it's it's quite sort of you know there's lots happening in it but it just it keeps going it keeps increasing the stakes all the time and often wondering how they're going to get out of it and how this this family's going to survive so look I think next time you're on the hunt get amongst and then uh final thing I watched is obviously uh Division. so episode five this week we've just had. And so we've got four more episodes to go. Again, you know, I said that last week, the show is going from strength to strength. It's so great. I think the the kind of quirky um, 50s television era, which they started with, was a lot of fun. And now we're kind of getting into the the really sort of serious stuff of the show. We're getting to, um, you know, a really big thing that happened this week. Um, as we got a bit more context of uh, Wanda um, or the Scarlet Witch interacting with people outside of sort of the, the TV bubble, we've got cameos from you know uh, the wider sort of MCU X Men universe. It's 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 a really good watch, um, and I'm I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do with the next four episodes. And they they just keep delivering. And I think it was uh, Elizabeth Olsen who said. They are going to have a reveal at the end of *Wonder Vision*, which is going to rival uh, Luke Skywalker um, at the end of *Mandalorian*. So, look, I don't know what that looks like, Paul. You know, there, there's already talk of, and we've talked about it before, of uh, Doctor Strange uh, coming into here because there is a, another Doctor Strange movie happening. Mm. But I think that's that's not a big enough reveal for me. I think that's that's too common knowledge. I think you know. Are we talking about you know? There's all these rumors on the internet about the the reconnection of the the three actors who have played Spider-Man more recently. Are they going to be in it? Who knows? I think it, it's got to be huge. Who knows? But oh, anyway, awesome. if you're not amongst one division, get amongst it. You're still uh, not too late because there's still four more episodes to go.
1: Maybe if all three Spider-Man turn up all in their respective costumes, that would no one would see that coming, right? That would be pretty crazy. I feel like I'm like a broken record, but every time I check in on this, because of course I don't watch the show and I just look at the ratings have done it again. Each each episode has gone up again and again, 7.5, 7.9, 8.3, 9.0. Now this one from this week, 9.3. So I've heard a lot of chatter from people online, people that have said, oh, see, it's been worth investing the time. All the things you're saying, it's it's feels like, it's like this language I don't speak and i want to learn the language so that i can enjoy it as well but you've got to do the homework you've got to go and um you've got to go and watch these other movies and i got told i, I mispronounced thanos last week i think mean, i don't know what i said but apparently yeah i need to find you know i need to know more than just the fact that it's a snap i need to watch it
0: i think you could um <laughs> it's funny because i i remember you saying it at the time when i was like that's funny. Um, <laughs> um, I think you could still get in relatively easy. I think, you know, obviously you've got Disney Plus, so the barrier to entry is pretty low. Right. I think if you watch the, the last two Avengers movies, Infinity War and Endgame, that's going to give you the sort of wider context of what's happening in the the Marvel universe. And then you could actually go straight into, um, into WandaVision because as soon as WandaVision finishes, we're going um, straight into... Um, the Winter Soldier and Falcon and the Winter Soldier series, which is going to be more great MCU content. And again, having watched those two two movies, is going to set you up perfectly for that. Do you
1: remember that time when you said to me, Paul, if I want to have a crash course on Next Generation, what are the episodes I need to watch? And I gave you, you know, I spent hours putting together that list for you of, you know, all the episodes you need to watch. I'm thinking I need I, I need to call in that favor now. I need you to, to give me the definitive order that i should watch these movies in and only the crucial ones i'm thinking there's got to be more than just Endgame game and what was it infinity war
0: so infinity war and end game are, are the last two well you could there's a few other uh, avengers movie like collective avengers like uh like like the defenders i guess um which sort of bring all of the heroes together one of the the questions i guess will be you know is there specific uh Marvel superheroes that you'd be interested in because you can kind of just pick out who your favorite heroes are and kind of follow their path and then watch the ones that bring them all together but look I can do that for you Paul I can get you a list of maybe the the five or six that you need to watch to to bring you up to speed quickly
1: I appreciate that if you could send it to my people I'd like that
0: all right you've got a lot of watching to do man you've got look Ozark Yellowstone all these Avengers movies
1: it's too much right it's too on much vision look out there leave like your there.
0: diary And that is uh, all I've been watching, Paul. How about yourself? What have you been up
1: to? So you know how when we do our movie of the week choices, we always send each other two, and there's always that movie that, you know, one doesn't get chosen. Well, this is one of those that I keep having this craving to watch every time I see it when I'm scrolling through my watch list. And I think I've included it on my suggestions to you twice, and you've always gone with the other movie twice. And I was like, that's it. I can't take it anymore. I need to watch it. And this, this movie, it's like... I have this sweet tooth and I I can't resist this, this combination I've worked at. It's three things. When I see a movie poster that has Liam Neeson on it, holding a gun and looking moody. And he's been directed once again by, and I can't pronounce it correctly. Uh, Yome Kole Sere. Um, this is Run All Night, a uh, 2015 movie. Uh, professional Brooklyn hitman, he, Jimmy Conlon, he was a mob hitman. He was best friends with this the boss, Sean Maguire. But when Jimmy's son is mad for death, Jimmy goes up against Sean Maguire to protect his son at all costs and he has to get him through the night. And so I guess, you know, I kind of went into this thinking, oh, yeah, maybe it won't be that great. But I had a really good time. This is, as I said, this is the fifth movie that Liam Neeson and this director have made together. Um, we've got like nonstop, uh, unknown uh oh i've already forgotten what the other ones were the commuter um there's a whole bunch of classic sort of i always think oh they're not gonna be that great and i always end up having a good time and yeah so it has a good heart for this movie i really enjoyed the direction that this guy has i feel like he has his own style he's got like this you know when you can spot a tarantino style or guy ritchie style this guy i can't really explain it but he has like these really harsh angle, hard angles, if you like, and really severe zooms and a real weird choice of pan direction. I, I don't know what I'm saying, but it's it's really really enjoyable, and yeah, it's, it's I went into it thinking it probably won't be that great, but I really enjoyed it a whole lot more than I thought I would. So um, so yeah, run all night, good times on Netflix
0: it sounds interesting I think again like you're you're taking all the boxes right of a of a good liam Neeson movie i I think I I do remember you putting this up once I'm not sure if I've seen it again but look apologies for not picking uh something you want to see paul
1: no it's all good oh when you put the movies up you want to see both of them that's that's the beauty of it it's a win-win scenario right but I just it just you know when you go through your watch list and it's just there and I thought oh i I can't take it anymore there's just so many great moments there's a there is a scene where liam neeson's on a phone he's talking to someone on the cell phone and i just think i don't think you can do that anymore because it is impossible to watch him talking on the phone without having these taken flashbacks i feel like it's ruined him for all movies no more on the phone please there are some classic uh liam neeson moments as well like he's walking through an irish bar and there's irish music playing in the background like I don't know what the song was, but it's like that song the, the bells are ringing out on Christmas Day. It, it, it's its just so quintessential and he's so badass. We've got Ed Harris as the bad guy. I feel like he's maybe getting a little bit old for this malaki. Um There's a finale with him, which I just don't believe that he's that nimble at this age, but um, it's a great fun watch. And Liam Neeson, look, there's so many great movies. I, actually, I don't know how we haven't done a peak performance on him. He, he is just fantastic. I, I definitely recommend this. It's definitely your classic want to be entertained. You've got the popcorn Saturday night type feel. That's what I'm going for here.
0: Sounds like a, a good recommendation. And I think uh, I quite like that we're, we're potentially finding future peak performances through this. It's a, it's mm. a great model.
1: Oh, Liam Neeson, just, just so much great stuff. Uh, the other thing, what have I got? Yes, a challenger, the final flight also on Netflix. So this is a, a four part docu series on the 986 Challenger space shuttle disaster. And it's basically just unpacking what happens in the lead up to that day. And the, the, you know, the seven lives were were lost. And so unsurprisingly, it's a pretty emotional watch, but right from the start, it really hits home. Um, it literally starts with the countdown and lift off of the Challenger as, as it happened. And that's, that's the way it starts. And so, it's just it brought back a lot of memories of watching this as a youngster, and I think the thing I found hardest watching, and I almost felt inappropriate watching this, is how it's showing the reactions of the people at the launch, the parents, the wives, the husbands, the families of, the, of these astronauts who have literally just watched their loved ones die die in front of them in the most horrific of circumstances, um, as they were, you know, also on the highest of highs celebrating their achievements, and I found that really had but it was a really i don't know how to say it. it's a good watch because there's there's a lot of documentaries out there right about the, the the Challenger disaster this this one for me uh this one felt more more human uh it felt very authentic so many of the so many of the people who had important roles at nasa and were in charge of key decisions or had key roles on the day when things happened they are actually interviewed and they speak directly and they speak very candidly. And there are people there who say I made the wrong call. And so I was, Diane and I, when we watched it, we were shocked that some of these people were actually convinced to be interviewed given, given what it looks like is, you know, they, they played a pattern. So, um, a really, really interesting watch this one.
0: Yeah. Look, it looks really interesting. I, you know, even just looking at the, the poster for this, it's, it's really sort of compelling, and you know that sort of classic um, Challenger shot with all the um, all the engine thrusters sort of like blasting off. It's it's definitely compelling. I it is often quite hard to watch these, isn't it? When you're you know you as you've just said, people are sort of experiencing this, such raw emotion, um, and it's also something like you don't hear a lot of these days, is it? Of people sort of really owning up to I made a mistake, and here's here's how I fixed it. But I guess with this, what are we, what are we talking? 34 years ago.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a long time ago. Right. And uh, the emotion is still there. And just, uh, I feel like, yeah, just, you can see the, the lines on the people's faces, the, 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 there's a look around some of them where you can just see that it's taken its toll and, it's just, yeah, I just, if you're into space travel and the history of all these things, I definitely recommend it. It's well-produced. JJ Abrams is involved. Um, and it's it's strange watching it go up, watching all the faces at Mission Control and at the launch site and at Houston. It's incredible how much detailed footage they actually had of what was happening on the ground. At that time, they had all these these cameras and all different things. And I don't know. I had this this weird thought as I'm watching it go up. It's almost like as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, oh, maybe it'll make it this time. No, knowing of course that it won't. It's just the strangest thing I'm thinking, oh, hopefully it won't. It's just a s- stupid thought. But um, look, I, we watched this we watched one of these sort of each night four pats and it made for a, for a somber viewing each night. But I'm really glad I watched it.
0: I imagine you probably needed some type of palate cleanser after this.
1: Dan, it's like you're setting me up perfectly. So the palate cleanser we had, this is an animated comedy on Netflix, um, came out late last year and the the whole first season is out. It's called Close Enough. And um, yeah, so they're just 22 minutes per episode. So if you're thinking of watching the Challenger series, I think this is a a good palate cleanser to finish the night because after the stress and tension and emotion of that series, you need something. Um, And Close Enough, it's just great this is about a couple in their 30s trying to to cope with getting older raising kids being adults and responsible and not being able to do what they want to do is just a couple um you know there's a lot of things that ring true for me maybe that's why i enjoyed it It, it's it's also the first cartoon network animated series i saw that's ever been rated higher than like it's like a tv 14 and yeah it's it's right up my alley it's I would say, actually, it's probably one of the funniest animated comedies I've watched in the last couple of years. I laughed a lot. And I think if I – so we've talked about Lower Decks. If I take away the Star Trek element of Lower Decks, which obviously feels kind of impossible, but I think I found it funnier than that. I, I put it up there with Rick and Morty and, and Archer, which for me are like a benchmark of, of animated comedy. So, um, yeah, this is a, a, a really – a really good watch for sure. Really funny.
0: Again, it's got a, a really great cast behind it as well. Uh, Matthew Mercer, who uh, is the the Dungeon Master for um, Critical Role. Uh, it's got uh, Jason uh, Menzokus from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and, mm. and many other shows. This looks really good. I've never heard of this one myself.
1: No, th- this was um, another find from Diana. Incredible run she's on at the moment. It's created by this guy jg quintel who i'd never heard of so never heard of the show never heard of this guy he, apparently he's done a, another show called uh regular show which has like 200 episodes of animated comedy so he's got a bit of experience and you know, maybe it's just so relatable it's just really simple humor that really does it like there's you know minor spoilers but there's a scene in the evening they're on the couch they're under a blanket watching their favorite shows in the evening and then some people ask them if they if they want to go out and be social and hit the clubs and it freaks them out. But they don't want people to think that they're old. And if anything, they're trying to convince themselves that they're not old. And then it's just funny watching themselves force themselves to go out and pretend not to be tired. <laughs> and then they're at the club and then the lights come up and they think it's kick-out time. And they're like, yeah, what a night. And then it's actually just 10 o'clock. <laughs> and the real party hasn't even started. It's like my worst nightmare. It's 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 really, really funny.
0: Well, I think you've said something there which has really uh, sold me. The regular show is – I've seen a few episodes of that, and I've always had a, a really great time. Uh, it's one of those shows that I – I'm not sure if it's the regular shows on any platform. It might be in, in New Zealand, but it's a lot of laughs we had in there, so I think that that's enough of a, a thread to pull to get me to check out close enough
1: awesome yeah I, like i say it's it's just a little bit more grounded it's a bit more real or subtle i don't know it's not out there like some animated comedies just that simple humor like another scene that comes to mind is the dad is is realizing suddenly that he's not as good on a skateboard as he was but he doesn't want his kid to see that so he tries even harder and then he fails even more it's just um it's it's just great so if you're look, if you're a fan of animated comedies and if you're recently thinking of or have become a parent as well, I would definitely say you'd, you'd be worth um, worth wanting to watch this. And that is what I've been working Very nice. Then.
0: Sounds like you've been very busy, Paul. Very busy indeed.
1: Mm, I've done my homework, right?
0: I'm impressed. I'm impressed. All right. So it must be time for our movie of the week.
1: Indeed. So as always, as we said before, we choose two movies each week. The other person chooses one, and that's the movie we watch. And we post that movie a week in advance in our Discord community, which you can join by clicking on the links in the show notes so you can watch along with us. And, Dan, what did we watch this week?
0: This week, Paul, we watched the 2020 version of The Invisible Man, starring uh, Elizabeth Moss. And so basically her character's name um, is... Uh, Cecilia, what mm-hmm. happened? Cecilia, is it a name? C- Cecilia, mm-hmm. uh, who's basically when Cecilia's uh, abusive ex-husband takes his own life and leaves um, her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax as a series of coincidences turned lethal. Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone that nobody can see, and so this is a a bit of a different take on the Invisible Man. This is actually a movie. Uh, this is actually my second time watching it, and uh, a movie I talked about in the really early days of of Half Measures. Um, so before I sort of kick off with my opinion, what did you think of this one, Paul?
1: Firstly, I'll say, I'll say two things quickly. One is I'm glad that you've seen this before because I had this latent memory that you had, and I thought, well, no, he can't have because he would have said – so that's good. And secondly, I had no idea that this was a remake, and now I'm looking through. It seems so obvious to me that it is. Um, so I feel a bit stupid about that. Um, look. And firstly, we're talking spoilers as always, so use your use the timestamps in the show notes if you want to move ahead. Um, I, I thought this movie was pretty good. Uh, it was it was better than I expected. I was I was fine with the plot, and I think part of this is now coming around to the fact that I obviously had no idea going in what this was about. Um, Like I wasn't sure if it was going to be like a was this was this guy dead and this was his ghost or something supernatural. That was my biggest concern coming into this for for starters. Um, But I think one of the things that people struggle with is the plot in terms of this guy being able to be invisible, and it seems like some people might not be able to cope with that being a little bit too futuristic. Cause I remember, do you remember the backlash they got with die another day? Was it die another day? Yeah. The one where they had the the invisible car and people were like, they, they couldn't cope with it. So having technology to make a person invisible feels even more hard than to accept them to make a machine invisible. Anyway, I accepted that. And so some of the hate that I've been reading online, I was able to move past cause I was quite okay with this magic suit, making him, you know, making Be visible. So I I really enjoyed it. It was better than I expected. I've got a few more things I can talk about on this one, but what about you?
0: Look, I I really, really enjoyed this film. I, I enjoyed it the first time. I enjoyed it just as much the second time. Obviously, it didn't, you know, a, a show like this, it has a few jump scares. They, they're not often there for you the second time, uh, but I, I found it still a great watch. I think that it's one of those... One of those movies, I think, that really, I think, speaks to Elizabeth Moss's talent that, you know, a lot of the time she's kind of acting uh, acting alone, and this show doesn't actually spend a lot of time building up the Invisible Man as, as the villain. It kind of takes you on a bit of a journey where you have to make some of those decisions for yourself. Mm. I think... Um, I've had a lot of people who who didn't like this but I'm really in the other camp where I I really enjoyed it and I I really enjoy a good psychological thriller Um, you know it's the technology doesn't worry me like you know I'm a big fan of um, people going through hyperspace and using laser swords and the force to do stuff so an invisible suit doesn't pose any real um real challenges for me and I like the fact that it's a a different take because you know on paper um when you think about sort of the the classic H.G. Wells Invisible Man it would be very much about you know somebody um, becoming invisible learning to deal with that you know potentially wrapped in bandages and wearing sunglasses on their face to you know so that they know they're there but this is this is a whole new sort of uh twist on that so okay it's it's also got a great cast it's got some some really great um um, supporting cast members like Aldous Hodge. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the upcoming Black Adam movie, where he's going to be playing Hawkman. That's going to be awesome. Um, Oliver Jackson um, Cohen, who plays the Invisible Man. You know, he's been in a whole bunch of great TV shows. You know, just to name a couple, like The, the Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Blind Manor. You know, and, you know, he, and he's he's barely even in it. Um, and then not to mention the you know the director of this. Um Lee Winnell is he's he's now working on a few sort of other other movies in that kind of uh, monster genre as well, which I think is really interesting because he's actually only got about six movies under his belt for what he's directed. So look, I, I think it's it's good.
1: I feel like we need to go back and re-record this whole section on the podcast, and because for me to be completely unaware of This Invisible Man by H.G. Wells is just it's, it's an embarrassment. I, I really enjoyed it too. I thought the scenes – where you talk about Elizabeth Moss acting by herself. I thought the scenes where she's, you know, she's tussling with the invisible man were, were really well done. The editing on that, honestly, I'm not sure how they worked that, but combined with her act, acting ability, it was seamless. And I, I thought they really nailed it. I love I love the way, did you notice how the camera would pan at times during the movie to a section of a, of a room or a doorway where there was clearly no one there? And ordinarily, it wouldn't have any effect on you. But because you know there's an invisible man there in the context of the movie it's really creepy and you sort of you're on edge because you're you're looking for the slightest movement of the carpet or the curtains or or something to to know if he's there or not and it's a very effective way of making you feel uncomfortable you know particularly when elizabeth moss has, has no idea and you know you're not able to relax and um there's a point in the movie where they're they're at that restaurant and he's in the invisible suit and she is sat at the table with her sister and he kills her sister very suddenly with that knife and then the knife is in her hand and it looks a hundred percent like she did it and I just thought that's it she's going to jail there's no chance there's no feasible way that she can get out of this so I look forward to seeing how they do it because you know we're, we're assuming that the, the bad guy won't win and fair play they did it I, I felt like how they did it you know with the pen and the blue tech and the shower scene and how I thought it was pretty nicely done.
0: Yeah, look, I think uh, I think those scenes where they just kind of hold the camera on an empty space is such a great way to kind of like send your imagina- imagination into overdrive and, and get you thinking about what um, what might or might not be there. And you know, sometimes he could be there, sometimes he's not, but it's kind of up to you to decide. unless he reveals himself. Um, I think my my only thing that kind of I found that bothered me on this rewatch was in that scene that you're talking about where. Um, Elizabeth Moss is in in jail, mm. or the or the psych ward, or whatever it is, and she's breaking out, and the various security guards, like all police, are coming out, and they're they're, they're pulling they're pulling guns. Mm. The one thing that annoyed me is that they, they were pulling their guns like like single handedly, and like look, I I don't own a gun, I don't know anything about shooting guns, but I've seen enough movies to know that you put both hands on that on that grip, and I feel like because they were just kind of like. Holding the gun out of one hand, it made it so easy for the Invisible Man to basically like turn the gun on them and shoot them. And it just got, it seemed too set up for me for that to happen. But I, on the flip side of that, I enjoyed the way they um, broke her out of that scene.
1: Look, Dan, when you haven't got your cable hat on and your big buckle and you're doing some line dancing over here, the other image I have of you is there with the gun with two hands and you're in the perfect pose and no one's taking that gun off of you. There were a few moments like that i was a little bit frustrated with character decisions uh or the way they were doing things that it didn't detract for me but like like at the start when she's she's so close to getting out of the house undetected she's put so much thought into everything all the alarms everything and then she goes back to the dog and sets off the car alarm and i'm livid and that's great because it's really got me emotionally invested in it. i guess um i think if i was to I don't, it's not a criticism because i really enjoy watching elizabeth moss however at the same time i kind of felt like so much of her character i felt like was reminded me of june from handmaid's tale from the point of view that she's living in fear she's she's on the run she's afraid of her surroundings she doesn't feel safe anywhere and look she does a great job at, and she's very convincing in this role she does that very very well and um, i just felt like it was that june character seemed very prevalent in 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 the the character that she had in this movie but um now I, I look i really did like the ending as i didn't see that coming at all with how she you know she gets rid of him i i thought actually what was going to happen was that the the police guy that she was with i thought he was going to be in the invisible suit and he'd be in the room and overhear the bad guy making his confession so that's what i thought i'd figured it out but you know i was wrong once again great ending
0: um, I think I think you're right. Like there is something very similar to The Handmaid's Tale, um, June and Elizabeth Moss's character here, and it, it is a very similar emotion, isn't it? And it's almost it's a shame actually because I think Elizabeth Moss is, is such a fantastic actress, and it's a shame that that it's hard to separate those two worlds because those two worlds could could almost be one and one the same, isn't it? Because it's, exactly, it's almost a little bit dystopian um, the way it all works. I um. You know, sometimes we talk about in the past, like things that I kind of find like frustrating in a movie if someone forgets something or doesn't do something.
1: Doesn't eat their food.
0: Doesn't eat their food, has an empty cup um, and keeps drinking it. The thing in this movie that kind of like frustrated me, I guess, is when she eventually goes back to the house, the dog is still running around the house. Like, okay, let's yeah. just be clear. Your partner has killed himself you obviously said uh, to the dog when at the very start of the movie I wish I could take you with me buddy and then like the partner dies and you don't think I better go back and get the dog
1: that's that's we should put a complaint and think about the animals that's not good enough right and
0: look I, I think just just tidy up your loose ends you know that, that's all I ask but look, I, I think, you know, in the scheme of things for me, I think these are pretty minor gripes. I, I still had a, a really great time. I think what I enjoyed about the movie this week is it was actually kind of nice to have a little bit of an escape from reality of some of the the, the last few movies that we've been watching, which have been quite, you know, like sort of grounded in, in true story or, or the world as we kind of know it now. So it was nice to have a movie that was um, a, l- a little bit fun.
1: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It was it was fun. It was as you your seat. I did have the usual excitement and enjoyment of watching Diana jumping and being too scared to even hold her drink because she knew she could be jumping all the time. I did feel on edge all the time. Real tense. It's another great Saturday night movie. Great choice.
0: How many guns are you giving it, Paul?
1: I'm giving this one three guns out of four because four seems to be the standard now as I understand it
0: four does seem to be the standard i was going to go three but i feel like i liked it a little bit more than you so i'm going to have to go three and a half guns
1: okay that's fair
0: all right paul that was a a good movie of the week um combo so remember if you want to get amongst this movie of the week uh conversation make sure you join us on our discord channel but shall we jump across for a little bit of news
1: indeed dan tell me what have you got for us this week
0: what have I got? So obviously the um the big thing that happened over over the week, um was obviously the the Super Bowl, and the thing that the Super Bowl normally brings about is a whole bunch of movie trailers, and I actually think this year, like though we still had trailers, I don't think we had the tier of movie, uh, the quality of movie trailers that we normally get at a Super Bowl when the the whole cinema. TV industry is in, in full production but I just wanted to rattle through uh, a few of these you've probably um, seen them if you haven't go and check out the the YouTube trailers um, so we had a, a, a trailer for the new Fast and the Furious movie which I know you're going to be excited about Paul and Vin Diesel remembers the old days you know just like I do Fast and the Furious 1 Greatest movie of our time. And it feels like we're going back there a little bit. So looking forward to seeing that come out. Uh, We got a new trailer for uh, Nobody, which is looking, you know, this movie is looking really great. So – um, any of the, uh, you call soul fans, I'm sure, are all over this. We've got trailers for, um, a new Disney Plus one called Raya and the Last Dragon. We've got a new M. Night Shyamalan trailer for Old, which looks really interesting. And uh, just sort of a, the, I guess, summary of this one is it sort of shows his family, um, and they're on a beach and everyone keeps getting older. On the beach in a real sort of um, spooky *M. Night Shyamalan* type way, so that should be fun. Uh, we've got a new trailer for *The Falcon* and *The Winter Soldier*, which you know we we're just talking about. This is going to start right after *Wandavision*, so that's awesome. We've got a, no, uh, a new trailer for *Clarice*, uh, which is a you know, part of the *Silence of the Lambs* universe. Probably the biggest news of the whole Super Bowl is *Yellowstone* 1883. So this is friends and family. A prequel to Yellowstone, set um, in the in the pioneer days of, of eighteen eighty three, and I, as a, as a new fan of Yellowstone, I was just like, "There is more coming." Uh, yes, give it to me give give it give me all the Yellowstone. Can't wait! Uh, it's going to be awesome to see um, how the Dutton family um, you know operated back then. I, I expect uh, maybe a, a little bit of a a deadwood type vibe um, perhaps and also we got a, a trailer for uh, coming to america which is the the follow-up to coming to america which is coming to amazon prime pretty soon so a whole bunch of exciting stuff there so um hopefully you've seen those trailers or go and check them out uh, what else have we got uh, last week, Paul, you were talking about um, Kevin Hart joining the Borderlands uh, movie, mm. so there's just been a, another announcement that looks like Jamie Lee Curtis is also joining, joining that franchise, which is pretty exciting, so should be something uh, good to check out. We've also been talking a little bit about the Dungeons & Dragons movie, um, which uh, Chris Pine um, has been tapped on the shoulder to star in, and it's also now going to be starring Michelle Rodriguez, who you may remember from Fast and the Furious.
1: Indeed, she came back. She came back somehow miraculously, if memory serves.
0: Uh, spoilers, Paul. Sorry, spoilers. So that that's pretty exciting. Uh, it looks like uh, The Walking Dead season eleven um, has officially started filming, which is uh, pretty exciting. So this is the eleventh and final season. And it looks like uh, The Walking Dead is returning in, in America, at least, on February the 28th, uh, which is, again, exciting Walking Dead news. We'll be back into – well, I, I'll be back into moaning about how terrible things are on that show and how it used to be better. But, you know, I'm sure everyone can't wait for that.
1: I feel like it's, it feels like everything's right with the world. When I can sit down and hear Dan moaning about The Walking Dead, it feels like everything's in its place when I know that's happening. Um I saw. I did see the uh, the little, very very brief teaser trailer for the for the Walking Dead, which has uh, was presumably Negan uh, wrapping the barbed wire around the baseball bat, and I thought that looked that looked pretty cool. So I'm pretty hyped for that. And I saw that they started filming today as well. I had most of the same stuff you had done about all the Super Bowl trailers. I did watch them all. All of the trailers are posted in the Discord news channel as well. Um, I watched them all. My recommendation to anyone if they are thinking of watching them is to watch the Fast and the Furious one first. Because when you've watched some of the others and then the fast one starts and it's just got that that Vin, that Vin Diesel voice, it's 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 too much. It's too much, Dan. I can't wait for F9. We're gonna be we're gonna be coming into this movie. Two worlds colliding. Um it looks interesting. Uh like you, the the picks for me were were, were probably uh nobody absolutely looks a lot of fun and clarice clarice looks great that's that's kicking off now it's it's not far away at all so um this month and the other thing was the paramount plus trailer was a lot of fun as well with patrick stewart up on the the top of the mountain calling all the people up from the various tv shows that was that was quite nicely done as well um i understand we will be getting it in new zealand around the I guess the same time as Australia, but not not on the fourth of March like North America. But um, yeah, a lot of excitement.
0: It's, yeah, it's uh, lots of lots of stuff coming soon. I think just on that uh, F9 trailer, Paul. What about we've got Han in the trailer?
1: Yeah, he was one of my favourite characters. Actually, interesting enough. So um, some excitement there. I'll give you that.
0: Indeed. indeed. Look, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a big Han fan as well. So that should be good. So um, that's probably about the uh, newsroom. What's in the mailbag this week, Paul?
1: Uh, what have we got in the, the mailbag? So last week we actually had Head of Entertainment Publicity at Sky TV and Neon here in New Zealand reach out to us through our website she found out about our podcast and she actually listened to episode 49 and had a great time listening to it which i think is is great because you know we've been recognized do you remember when we had that director of young Wallander say you know we're what was it a creative in the entertainment industry i feel like now we're being recognized here in new zealand now we're going to become a big dog in our own back garden it's about time if anything dan i'm furious it's taking us 50 episodes to get to this point but that was good
0: I'm just waiting for, I guess, Neon to come to us and say, look, we love this podcast so much. Let's turn it into an actual TV show that we put on Neon once, <laughs> once a week. I think when they see us, though, they might want to recast this. But I think we would still to record the episode and then that would become the script for for this tv show
1: are you saying i've got a face for radio i hear what you're saying there um that is the first time i've ever spilt a drink whilst on this podcast because i always try and take a sneaky drink of water when you're talking but i wasn't anticipating a television show um that's quite a thought i'd watch it let's be honest i'd watch it um what else have i got in the mailbag? oh so yeah so last week i talked about the uh the french mystery crime drama on netflix uh, lupin um and our review post for that got shared um a couple of times by cast members from the show including um antoine gu on twitter and vincent londez on instagram uh, they were the police officer and the police captain from the show respectively so that was cool uh paddy from time traveling tink podcast dan has accepted your invitation to to join us for the review of uh tombstone once that airs on on disney star the movie that the that the both of you keep telling me i must see so i do look forward to that um and speaking of paddy he also gave us as always his three two one for our peak performance for last week which which was john Bernfell. um wolf of wall street funnily enough shame from walking dead and the punisher so really really similar picks to ours there um we also had jason from hold on there paul Ooh.
0: hold on 3, 2, 1, Is it, what's it? Are we, are we missing a number there?
1: Number three, Wolf of Wall Street. Number two, Walking Dead. Yep. Number one, Punisher.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, I missed the Walking Dead. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought one of us, one of us has had too many Guinness. But...
1: <laughs> not me, not me. Uh, where was I? Uh, John Bernthal. Oh, yeah, so who's this? Jason from, oh, I'm not sure where he's from, but somewhere on Instagram. Uh, he went with The Accountant. Uh, that was the movie Ben Affleck was in, which... Uh, had very little to do with accounting, if memory serves. I remember enjoying that movie. I actually forgot John Bernthal was in that, but yeah, great shout. Uh, We also had a couple of late mentions for our previous um, peak performance for Lawrence Fishburne. We had Jamie Jamie from Ohio. Sorry, Uh, he went with Matrix and Mystic River and Paddy's 321, which I forgot (laughs) to read out last week, uh, Boys in the Hood, The Matrix, and his first place uh, went to Lawrence Fishburne's performance in What's Love Got to Do With It, Um, which was not a movie that featured on either of our lists, and I have to be honest, I'm not sure I've seen it. Um, That's the mailbag. Uh, If you'd like to be in the mailbag, just like Bruce Gray did when we received our first message from a listener, which was almost a year ago, Dan, when we were just 10 episodes in and get in touch with us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Half Measures Pod. I've
0: actually got one other bit of news, um, mailbag-related content. Oh, didn't look. really come through the uh, official channels of uh, social or anything, but uh, a young man um, that I know has just started listening to the podcast and kind of came in around the when we're doing our peak performances for Kevin Costner. He's a big fan of Dance of the Walls, and it's actually – our conversation about uh, what his peak performances were has inspired him to watch uh, JFK this weekend. So shout shout out to you, Rich.
1: That's great. I um, am. Yeah. JFK. That was my, that was my, my pick. And I love that movie. So um, I hope you enjoy that one, Rich. Great, great stuff. Talking of peak performance, then should we do ours for this week?
0: Let's do that. So uh, last week we were talking um, about how Edwin Norton would make a a great peak performance and lo and behold, this week he is our peak performance. So if you're new around here, much like our movie of the week, we also have a peak performance of the week where we take take turns choosing actors and actresses to discuss some of our our favourite movies from them. And I think, you know, much like uh, This Happened for Rich, it happens for us all the time, we start talking about these movies, I it guess it's inspired to either rewatch things or just sort of think about some of the, the great uh, roles that some of these people have had over their time. So, yeah, this week um, it's Edward Norton. Would you like to go first, Paul?
1: I went first last time. I'll let you take the, take the kick off here, Dan.
0: All right, thank you very much. All right. So, you know, already given a lot of love to to Edward last week. Um so I'll be sort of short and sharp with my my 321. So, number 3 for me uh, is actually 2008's The Incredible Hulk. And so Edward Norton, I think plays a a fantastic Bruce Banner and you know, this movie is still considered part of the the MCU even though um Bruce Banner was, was recast. I think this is, as far as Hulk movies go, I think this is perfect. And I think, you know, Edward Norton plays such an a, a unassuming character and to sort of have him turn into this, you know, giant um, Hulk beast is, is, is so fantastic. So um, that actually gets my number three spot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number two, I'm going to give it to the 1998 movie, American History X. Now, this is a pretty dark movie uh so this is basically uh about a former neo-nazi skinhead tries to prevent his younger brother from going down the same wrong path that he did this is one of the first movies i remember watching it kind of still sits with me to this day it's her- horrific it's you know really like it's obviously got terrible racism and stuff in it but edward this is for me, like Edward Norton, he can play a role like this and then go on to do so many other great movies, I think just speaks to his um, ability to really embrace a, a character. And so number two for me, American History X. And number one, probably not too many people's surprise, is uh, the 1999 movie Fight Club. So uh, first of all about Fight Club, you know it, Paul. We don't, yeah, talk, about don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. This is such a great movie. It's a movie I've seen so many, so many times. Um, it's you know, I think it's still got such a valid message uh, for today. It's still got such a great, um, such great twist. It's got such a great cast, and I think Edward Norton is the character like we've all felt like you know his his character throughout life. You know, when you know you're 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 stuck in a job you don't like, or just the the burden of society or sort of the the trap of um, kind of being, you know, just just caught up in life and admin and bills and and whatever it is. And I think Fight Club is such a great um, escape from that reality. And it it kind of – there's a little bit of something in there for everybody. So for me, Incredible Hulk, American History X and Fight Club. How about you?
1: Nice choices. Um, Yeah, so I – it was me who chose him this week because I really enjoyed the conversation we were having last week with him in, in Motherless Brooklyn. Um, and yeah, I you know how I mentioned last week how we haven't seen him in much recently? I was looking through his stuff and I think the one exception to that, where we didn't see him but we heard him, that was the uncredited cameo he had in Battle Alita um, that we reviewed uh, last year and I, I really feel like if there's a sequel he could be in line for a sizable role there and i think that'd be a great way for us to get a bit of a norton fix because most of the stuff i've been looking through is a lot of his older stuff that came up in my 321 consideration um i i do before i do my 321 want to make a quick shout out just because it's one of diana's favorite movies of all time but it didn't make my my cat was primal fear 1996 movie hadn't seen it in a wee while but um, in that movie with, with Richard Gere, um, a very good psychological crime drama mystery thriller type movie. Anyway, shout out for that one for Diana. He is a true masterclass, as we talked about last week. And I have to admit, looking through some of the stuff on the train on the way home today, I have to admit, there's a few I could easily go watch again. But number three for me was your number one, Fight Club. So that movie, everything you just said before, um... Playing that that sort of I guess the alter ego of of Tyler the, the the man who isn't there, but is actually Brad Pitt for the entire movie, and he's just being narrated by Ed Norton. It's such a strong performance. I think what you were saying before about the relatability. I think the scene where Edward Norton is at his work in the office with his boss, and he starts punching himself in the face. <laughs> so yeah, and he's going to claim that his boss beat him up. It's just brilliant. It's he's just really really solid in this in this movie and you used the word and i damn it i didn't write it down to describe him as the hulk as bruce banner no it wasn't it was Mark. oh unassuming that was and that is a look that edward norton has he doesn't look like he would be particularly dangerous but in so many movies he often turns out to be um my number two then is red dragon Uh, so his performance as will graham and that ironically of of those of that trilogy of hopkins movies this is actually probably my least favorite but edward norton is what makes this this movie superb for me he he shines hopkins who of course is you know is is hannibal the main star his relationship and the tension that he has uh between himself and and ray fiend's uh character the red dragon is just so great yeah you know, i i really like Hugh dancy's will graham in the in the tv series but edward norton i really feel like um his his uh his will graham is really really strong and number 1 for me uh is actually uh the score which is an absolute favorite movie of mine overlooked by so many like I don't know anyone other than Diana who's actually watched this and and that was because I bought it. But I, I just love this movie and I love how he holds his own in scenes where it's just him, Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro in a room. And I love the twists and his portrayal of a guy who's who, who's faking being mentally challenged to gain access to a to a place so he can steal this thing that's worth millions. If you haven't seen this movie, this is one I really, really rate. And... um it, it always amazes me that it just it didn't get more attention. So, um, yeah, Fight Club, Red Dragon, the score is my three, two, one.
0: It's been a, a very long time since I've seen the score, but uh, just looking at it now, looking at the movie poster, it's definitely um, ringing some bells for me. So um, that's what it's all about, Paul—bringing back those memories, bringing out some some new movies to watch, um, both new and old.
1: Correct. And that, I guess, then, takes us to the final closing credits of our podcast today. So uh, thanks to Time Travelling Team Podcast for sponsoring this week's episode.
0: Also, a special shout out to our Patreon producers, Samara King and Trisha Brady. If you too would like to become a patron of the show, then you can find those details in the show notes. But until next week, everyone... Adios.